Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. We welcome in now on the Roman guest line, Mike Morgan. You could find him on ESPN, Compass Media, calls college hoops, talks college football with us, and uh, we're going to talk some NFL. He'll be on the call for the Vikings-Chargers game coming up on Sunday. So, Mike, let's actually start there uh, because the Chargers got off to a nice start. Everybody was hyping up Justin Herbert maybe as an MVP candidate, had a couple shaky performances, and then bounced right back. Uh, Your thoughts on this game coming up on Sunday between a disappointing Vikings team and a Chargers team who found some success, struggled, and now looks good again. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of nailed it. You, you've got one team in Los Angeles. And by the way, it'll, it's going to take me about another five years to not want to call them the San Diego Chargers, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but, you know, there they are in first place, which I think a lot of people thought they would be. Uh, it's hard not to be in love with their offense. When you look at their receivers, when you look at Eckler, when you look at Herbert, uh, there's just a lot of weapons there. Defensively, they they have not been perhaps as good as people thought they would be. And that's where if you're going to make it to the next level, if you're going to be a true Super Bowl contender, they've got to, they've got to sure some things up. And that starts this Sunday against the Vikings team. That is always dangerous. Like there's nothing flashy about Kirk cousins. Uh, and, and we're, you know, we, we like Thielen, but we don't think of him as maybe the, the elite guy of some of the other wide receivers, although his numbers would, would say otherwise. And then Dalvin Cook is, is a really good back. But we just, I don't know, I feel like Minnesota is a team we just we don't totally believe in. And as you mentioned, they've been somewhat disappointing this year. They, they've lost a lot of close games, including last week in overtime. So I, I think if you're the Chargers, this is one you got to take care of. I think the Chargers are a better team overall. And I think Herbert continues to make a case to be one of the top five quarterbacks in this league. Now, uh, Mike, I know you uh, are calling Kentucky and you were calling the Alabama game. I'm previewing SEC basketball tonight, and, man, this nice. conference is is loaded. Uh, yeah. How has the SEC evolved beyond Kentucky since you started working SEC sports in 2009? And, and do you think that there's a, a more exciting conference in college basketball today than them? Great questions. I, I I think the SEC, and I've watched it. You said uh, 2009, and, and I would go back even further to when I was calling South Carolina games on radio. That would go back to 2003. And I've watched this league go to a good spot where they were averaging five, maybe five and a half bids a year to the NCAA tournament. Then they hit an absolute low point around 2010, 11, 12, where basically – it was Florida and Kentucky and nobody else. I mean, they were struggling to get four teams in the tournament. You look at the last three years, no conference has had more bids than the SEC. 21 yeah. tournament bids. That's seven a year for a 14-team league. What has happened is the conference now, we all know the SEC in football, right? It's the premier conference in college football. Well, at some point, the people that run the Southeastern Conference – and the athletic directors all decided, you know what? We're tired of being second-rate in basketball. We're going to make a financial commitment that perhaps we've never made before. And all of a sudden, all these big-name coaches just started rolling in, guys that have been the Final Fours in other spots, like a Rick Barnes, like a Tom Green, and it just kept – like a, uh, a Ben Howland. 
The list goes on and on and on. And before well. you know, that's right. That's right. And then and then the facilities were getting better. I mean, I, I can just go back to 15 years ago when I started calling SEC basketball games. The facilities then, some of those arenas were dilapidated. They were second rate. They were they looked like mid major buildings. Now, just about everybody out there has got a cathedral that they call their home court. So I don't think there's been any conference in the last 10, I should say the last five years, that has made bigger strides than the SEC in basketball. And for somebody like myself, it's great to see because I've, I've never bought into this ridiculous notion that you can only be a football school or a basketball school, that you can't be great in both. I mean, it's just so stupid. It's beyond. But you hear people say that all the time. Oh, it's a football school. It's a basketball school. They can't be good at both. You can, and right now the SEC is. You're talking to a Duck fan, so I get that. Uh, just, <laughs> just really quickly to follow up, I really like – I mean, obviously there's a lot of hype around Kentucky every single year. I really like Alabama this year. Um, you watched them, obviously, last night. Uh, what do you see and who do you like in this conference? I love Alabama because college basketball is and will likely forever be a guards game, and they have great guards. You're talking about a team last year that won the SEC, and their starting backcourt is back. Okay, Quinterly is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a hotshot freshman in J.D. Davison who is going to actually come off the bench because you have Shackelford, the other starting guard, returning. So there's really nowhere to squeeze Davidson in the starting lineup. He's an unselfish kid willing to come off the bench. And now they have more size. So people think Alabama and they think, well, it's just a team that chucks up a bunch of threes. fact of the matter is they get a lot of layups in transition, a lot of guys who can drive to the basket and, and play downhill. So I love Alabama. I love what Coach Musselman's doing at Arkansas. Kentucky obviously is not going to have a second consecutive just abysmal dumpster fire of a season. Cal now has enough grad transfers to mix in with those hotshot freshmen that I think they will gel together this year. And uh, Shibway, the transfer from West Virginia, you saw him against Duke last night. That is that is just a beast, and he absolutely uh, was it was indefensible against Duke. They just didn't get enough shooting from their guards to pull that game out. But if you want to talk top to bottom, I didn't even mention Tennessee. Mm-hmm. How about Auburn? How about LSU? How about Florida? How about Mississippi, Mississippi State? State? I think the SEC could be an eight-bid league, and I'd be surprised if it had fewer than seven. Wow, Jesus. Mike, and you, you already talked about this. You talked about Duke, but like, what impressed you maybe from the opening night in college basketball? Me and Ryan, and even Trista as well, we were just oozing and ozing, eyeing, ooing and eyeing? Yeah, over uh, Chet Holmgren uh, in Gonzaga because he looks like a beast and been following him since high school as well and even in uh, the Olympics. But anything that really stuck out to you across any of these teams that, you know, of course, everybody gets to love, Michigan State, Michigan, who's playing tonight, Hunter Dickinson, Gonzaga, Alabama, anything really stick out to you last night or yesterday, well, I, rather? I, I think in the, in the to go back to Duke for a second, Banchero was the best player on the floor yeah. and he might be the best player in college basketball. Uh, he's special. And, and this is a Duke. Remember last year was a weird year. All the blue bloods just about had an off year. Kentucky and Duke don't make the tournament. North Carolina barely made the tournament. You had call it COVID, call it whatever you will. Uh, a lot of the, the programs the premier programs in college basketball had off seasons. I, I don't think that's going to happen two years in a row. I think I think Duke is going to be really good. Kentucky is going to be good. Kansas is going to be good. 
And then, of course, Gonzaga, we might as well call them a blue blood at this point, as long as Mark View is still the coach. Right. And as long as they're bringing in top-notch recruits, like a 7-4 guy that can run the floor, <laughs> uh, you know, then Gonzaga now has become the latest blue blood in college basketball. So here, here's what I love about college basketball, though, in contrast to college football, and I love them both. But in college football, we keep talking about the same half a dozen teams every year at the end of the season. And, and I don't see that changing much this year when you look at where the playoff is heading. In college basketball, yeah, we've got the same heavyweights every year, but guess what? They don't always win it because while they're playing with a bunch of freshmen and sophomore McDonald's All-Americans, very often they're going up against team with grown men that are 20, 21, 22, and experience prevails much like it did with Baylor last year, much like it did with Virginia a couple of years ago. So it's much more unpredictable, and I think that's good for the sport. Uh, Mike, I know you're a big college football guy as well. I'm looking right now at the national championship odds over at BetMGM in Georgia, the favorite, rightfully so, minus 110. Uh, the college football playoff rankings came out. There was really no big surprise. Who do you think gives Georgia the best game? I'm looking at Bama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, or is there maybe a wild card team? It's Alabama, and I can tell you this. I live in Atlanta. There is no Georgia fan that wants to face Alabama with their season on the line. They've seen that nightmare happen too many times. The last three times, a really good Georgia team played Alabama. Alabama trailed at the half by double digits, and all three times, Alabama came back and won the game. Second down and 26 in the national championship game, all Georgia had to do was stop them. Some guy named Tua came out and threw a deep touchdown pass. Georgia fans are still having nightmares. I think that was that. his last deep touchdown pass, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> he, he probably should have just cashed in his chips right there, the way things are going in Miami. I, I, I just think that Alabama is the scariest team. If, if you were to uh, ask me to pick one more, I actually would take Ohio State. I, I, the, the rankings right now mean nothing, and people get all bent out of shape about that TV show on Tuesday and why Cincinnati's not here and why – Oregon's ahead of this and Michigan is ahead of Michigan state. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's really, it, it doesn't matter a whole lot because most of this stuff is going to work itself out by season's end. November has got some ridiculously good matchups, particularly in the big 10 conference where teams are going to start knocking off other teams and we're going to get to the bottom of the, of the situation. But if you were to ask me and I'll bet you Vegas would back me up on this, you guys would know better than me. The, the top teams that nobody would want to face that would be the heavy, the heaviest favorites, if you will, to win all this, all the marbles and all the matchups, it would be Georgia and Alabama. And, and I don't care if Alabama continues to, you know, look not so good against this team and that. If they keep winning, Alabama still has a shot to win the whole thing. Uh, Mike, uh, one quick question for you. Here's a question I've been meaning to ask, but I haven't had the chance. Um, I know that you're also the voice of the Gwinnett Braves. Uh, what is your opinion on the status of minor league baseball in America? Is mm -hmm. it still in crisis, or do you see a b brighter future? Yeah. Well, I haven't done Gwinnett in a while. I, Gwinnett was when I was doing the Atlanta Braves. I would do Atlanta on radio and then do some TV with Gwinnett. That was a few years ago. But I can answer your question for sure because I I keep up with that quite a bit. I, I, I think the, the, the thing that really is hurting minor league baseball right now, they're just not getting the financial support. And there's a lot of things going on as we speak where the, there's unions that are trying to fight for minor league ball players to get them a better living situation. Look, if you're a bonus baby, if you're a first round draft pick and you, you sign for, you know, 3.2 million, you're, you're okay. It's all those other guys 
that are just trying to grind it out and, and make it so. And, uh, you know, some towns do really well with attendance. You know, if there's a Buffalo or a, a Durham, but for the rest of them, they're, they're struggling to stay above water. And COVID what just started knocking them, some of those out dead where they're, they're not coming back. So I, I hate it uh, as someone who used to do minor league baseball starting off back when I was just a young tyke out of college. I hate it for players that are trying to get seen. I hate it for fans that just love a local team that, that don't live in a big city. But it's, it, it is a tough sell in a lot of spots right now. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Have a good call this weekend. Thanks, Mike. Guys, always enjoy it. Appreciate the time. Appreciate you. Mike Mike Morgan on the Roman Guest Line. You can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL.